I don't know. I just wanted to hear Leslie talk more. Wow, that was amazing, Leslie. Thank you so much. You know, every season is a new season. Sometimes they change daily. They really do. And sometimes they change on an annual basis. And we've had uh, at least a dozen seasons in the last two years, as we all know. But they've all been good because they've all done one thing. They've all clarified in our minds what's really going on. And if you live in darkness and you can't never turn on the light, everything looks normal. But when lights start going on and the church starts understanding who the church is and what the real issues are, then you're in a new season. And that's why I say seasons can change overnight. They can change very quickly. So I'm going to go back to a story I told you probably a year ago. Uh, I did an interview in the early stages of the uh, pandemic or whatever the pandemic it actually was. <laughs> and uh, with the Epoch Times, and they asked me this question. And the reason that it came to my mind is because China took another move against Christians in China just uh, two days ago by shutting down all, uh, all Christian websites that are not authorized by them. So I, don't get shocked because that's coming here. It, it really is. The pattern is before us, and, but uh, I, they asked me this question. They said, what do you think the difference between the church in China and the church in America is? And I hadn't come prepared for that, but instantly it came out of me. I said, in China, you have the state church and you have the underground church, and now what we're finding in America is you have the conforming church and the believing church. And whole churches have really conformed to a message of the state instead of a message of the kingdom. And those are two big differences. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, is among you. But unless you seize it, unless you take hold of it, you're gonna lose the opportunity of the season. When you go back in the book of Numbers, I'm gonna take you back. We're gonna look at Joshua and Caleb but we have to go back to Numbers for a moment. I'm gonna just tell you a story, and then we're gonna come back and read some of the scriptures. But if you remember that they, were, they sent spies into the land, the land flowing with milk and honey that Israel would possess, and they sent 12, and 10 of them came back with a bad report. And what they said is there's giants in the land, and we were like grasshoppers in their eyes. And all of a sudden, you begin to understand what grasshopper thinking is. Everything looks big because your God is so small. When God is big, everything looks small. Everything looks achievable and doable when God is big. But two of the men, amen, put your hands together. That's a good word. But two of them came back with a good report, Joshua and Caleb. Caleb was about 40. Joshua was about 45 at the time, just to kind of put it in perspective. They came back and they said, no, the land is truly flowing with milk and honey and let's go take it right now. So today I wanna talk to you about grasshoppers and giants. I wanna talk about Joshua and Caleb and I wanna ask you the question, are you gonna have giant thinking or are you gonna have grasshopper thinking? I believe God wants to raise up some giants. I believe God is raising up in this church giants, male and female giants, who think differently. I also deeply appreciate what the men in our church are doing and how they're rising up. And uh, we've got, as you know, we sent a team in the Ukraine 
Uh, I don't know, what's that been, six or eight weeks ago? We've got another group going in the end of May, and uh, four guys are going from here into the Ukraine, and God is just using men of courage and raising up men to be warriors for God. In November, amen, November 3rd through 5th, we have our men's conference up at Hume Lake. This will be our first men's conference. We're excited. We're gonna see who the real men are if they show up. If you don't show up, we're gonna shame you. How's that, amen? In Jesus' name, and we'll forgive you. But anyway, what I want you to do is I want you to say right now, I'm gonna think like a giant. Will you say that? All right, so giant thinking doesn't look at the obstacles. It looks at the opportunities. Giant thinking doesn't consider what might go wrong. It sees what will go right. You remember when David came out and he faced a giant? Who was the real giant in the room? Who was a real giant out there on that field of battle? It was David. He came out and he began to hurl abuses at Israel and the God of Israel. And David said, who is this Philistine dog that would defile the armies of the Most High God? And remember what he said? The, the giant said to him, you come against me with sticks, I come up against you with the sword and armor. You know why he said that he came up against him with sticks? Because the Bible says there was no swords in Israel because the Philistine strategy was to take away the blacksmith. You remove the blacksmith, nobody could make swords. When they came in and they defeated an army, they gathered up all the swords. All David had, he thought, was a stick, but he didn't know he had a stone. And the real giant was David. So I'm gonna show you, Joshua and Caleb, a couple of giants, and I want you to have some giant thinking. Let me take you back, Numbers chapter 13, verse 27. Now we, the we here, are the doubters. These are the 10. We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, whenever somebody tells you, I believe the Bible, but, or says nevertheless, you know already they've compromised. They're not living for the kingdom. The people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. You know who the descendants of Anak are? That's the Anakims. That takes you back Genesis 6. That takes you back to David and Goliath. That's who they're talking about here, all right? Numbers 13, 28, look at what Caleb says. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and, and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. You see the difference in the thinking? The, the, the 10 saw themselves as a grasshopper and everybody else was a giant, but what did Caleb and Joshua do? They looked and they said, no, we're the giants. We're able. Until you see yourself as a giant, until you see yourself as an overcomer, until you see yourself winning and not losing, until you see yourself being a person of courage, you're always gonna have grasshopper thinking. I hear it all the time. People say, well, I'd like to do that, but I don't really think I'm just, and they'll use the word, I'm just. Do you realize how you diminish the image of God when you say, I'm just, and then give a description? You were made in the image of Almighty God. Coursing through your system is all the, the blessings of God. All the favor of God on you has been given to you. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Never put just in front of anything you do. Amen? Put your hands together. Celebrate that. Because you see, the enemy, Satan, what does he want? He wants to do just the opposite. He wants to diminish your image. 
He wants to remove your identity and try to convince you. I guarantee you, you dig up a bunch of people 100 years from the day that said they were girls and they were boys, they're still gonna be boys, <laughs> right? They're, they're whatever they were born. That's your identity in Jesus Christ. And if you don't seize that, if you don't take hold of that, and if you don't communicate that, you're gonna live in a world of absolute chaos that you're gonna see unfold before you. There was a, the, a missionary that went to Burma. His name was Adoniram Judson. He said this, the future is as bright as the promises of God. You know, I refuse to look at the world. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna assess it. I'm gonna tell you what's going wrong with it, but I refuse to think there's no future and hope and promise of God. I read the Bible. And the Bible tells us that he is a God who takes care of us. He shelters us under the wing. He is like our glory and the lifter of our, of our, of our face. He is our, he is our God and he is almighty. He is the I am. And we're gonna give him glory. We're gonna give him praise. We're gonna go forward as warriors and march forward. We're gonna be giants, amen? Numbers 13, 31 through 33. But the men who had, who had gone up with him said, now here they are again, the doubters, the grasshoppers, we are not able to go up against his people, for they are stronger than we. Hmm. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying the land through which we go uh, as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. Now, what does that mean? You're just walking down the road and it opens up and devours you? It eats you alive? What is the, what they're trying to say? And all the people who we saw there are men of great stature. They're tall people and we're short people. And that disqualified them from combat. And you see, the Bible wants us to understand something about this, that we're not supposed to follow the crowd. Don't follow the crowd. Say that with me. Don't follow the crowd. Joshua chapter 13, verse one. Now Joshua was old, advanced in years, so now we, we've moved forward here. Joshua's probably at this point somewhere around 90 years of age. All right, so if you are using age as an excuse, Bad strategy. You know, God pulled John, the apostle, out. He was such a threat to the Roman kingdom that they exiled him on the Isle of Patmos at 90 years of age because they were feared John, and guess what he wrote while he was there? He wrote the book of the Revelation. It's what happens. You see, when you say, I'm never gonna quit, I'm not gonna give up, and I'm not gonna follow the crowd. Look what it says. Joshua's old, advanced in years, and the Lord said to him, he confirmed it, you're advanced in years, but look what else he says. And there remains very much land to be possessed. In other words, you don't have an excuse. I hear people all the time say, well, you know, I did that when I was younger. What are you doing now? Now, for all of you who are retired, God bless you, but you're really not either. You're not retired or tired. You got a lot in you, and you need to be given that for the kingdom of God, amen? You need to be pushing forward. If God frees you up so you don't have to go to work and you've got an income, you've got opportunity. You've got more opportunity than anybody because you can chose your own course. You can set the, the, the tone of your very life. Tammy talked about entrepreneurs. That's a French word that means one who attempts a venture. There's another French word, bureaucrat. You know what that means? The rule of the desk. Bureaucracy will kill any great move of God. You see, what happens is you see the first generation, they fight to establish the truth. Second generation fights to preserve it, and the third generation could care less. And so what we want to do is we want to go back to that beginning. That, that, you see, everything, every movement begins with a man. It's the man, Jesus Christ. It became a movement, and before long, it turns into a machine, and then before long, it's a monument you worship. 
Hey, the church is not what we worship. The country is not what we worship. We worship the Lord Jesus Christ in all of his glory, in all of his praise, and there's no other name given among men whereby we must be saved than the name of, say it with me, Jesus. Joshua 13, 6. I will drive out from before the children of Israel, only divide it by lot to Israel as an inheritance I've commanded you. So what's Joshua's next season? He said, God says, I'm gonna drive them out. Don't worry, I can take care of this. What I want you to do is take the 12 tribes, I want you to divide up the land, and I want you to put those tribes all over. Why? Because they were gonna police their area. They were gonna be responsible to drive out the enemies wherever their, their tribe was located. You know what that's the equivalent of? That's you taking responsibility for your community, your school, your neighborhoods, everything about it. You take control of it. You walk into a store, this is my store. You walk into a school, this is my school. Because you see, the kingdom, all the kingdoms of the earth will become one day the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, the Bible says. And he wants us to have a little training right now, amen? Have some training, all right. You see, groupthink is usually irrational. I would say all the time, but I, I wanna give myself an out. Have you ever been in groupthink? People sit around, they start talking, they get an idea, everybody's throwing an idea, and next thing you know, you got groupthink, and it's not even going with strategy, it's just going with groupthink. We got groupthink. We got groupthink that took control of an entire world with a mask. Just completely. I, I still am amazed. I, I'm sorry to do this, I just gotta do it. I, I'm a weak man, I, I, I'm... But I, I'm getting in my car, and a lady's getting in her car, and she's got her mask on, and she's all by herself. And I'm looking, it's like, this is not like a year ago. This was two days ago. And I'm thinking, what's the danger in that car? Because I do see a lot of people driving by themselves with their mask on in their car, and I realize maybe the real danger is the interior of cars. Maybe that's the thing we need to fear. Because it doesn't make any sense. That's groupthink. Ask yourself, in what way are you subjecting yourself to groupthink in your world? And what you do is you conform to the world instead of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. You see, that's the real danger is we just go into conformity mode instead of transformation mode. We are supposed to always be transforming. The Bible says we go from glory to glory, one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, and we with unveiled faces are beholding in the mirror, as in a mirror, the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. We go from glory to glory to glory until finally we transition into glory. Amen? You see, you're supposed to be always growing in the likeness and the image of Almighty God. It's a daily process of sanctification. You've already been justified, that is your sins have been taken care of, but now you have to constantly be pursuing after the Lord so that you become more and more like him. The other thing we know is peer pressure never, never produces leaders. Remember school, if you're, in, you know, if, if, if you're not in school now, remember school? Remember the peer pressure? I remember in fifth grade, Randy Knight, he was the coolest guy in the world and he smoked. I said, man, it must be smoking. I gotta smoke a cigarette. I asked Randy to teach me how to smoke a cigarette, how to hold it, hold it in. Then he taught me how to blow some rings, you know? Then he said, Randy taught me how to do this. Taught me everything about smoking. 
I smoked like two cigarettes. I hated it. I was a bad cigarette guy. And I realized it wasn't the cigarettes. You know, it was just Randy was cool. Some people in the world are just cool. You know that? You can't buy cool. You can't imitate cool. You're either cool or you're not cool. <laughs> Randy was cool. Oh, I checked old Randy out on the Facebook the other day. I want to see if Randy was still cool. He's still cool. The guy is still cool. He's got shoulder length hair. He plays rock guitar. I mean, and I look at this guy. This guy's just eternally cool. Peer pressure never produces leaders, but he's not a leader. He's not a leader. Andy Andrews said this, guard your associations carefully. Anytime you tolerate mediocrity in your choice of companions, you become more comfortable with mediocrity in your own life. Look at your top five friends and ask them, are they winners, losers, are they grasshoppers, are they giants? You might need to sort some things out. Because I guarantee you, you get around some grasshoppers, they'll start affecting the way you think. You say, oh, no, what am I going to do? All my friends are grasshoppers. Well, you better start getting some new ones. Don't you, isn't that what you, how you raise your kids? I, you know, look, why are you hanging around this guy? Oh, I really like this guy. My daughter used to bring home some guys, you know, for dating. I said, Jen, where do you get this guy? All my friends like him. Well, I don't like him. Let them date him. But see, I told you, if you wait, look, you got a real winner here, see? <laughs> Be patient. Be patient. Every time she broke up with a guy, she changed her hair color. <laughs> Am I lying? No, I'm not lying. I don't know what that was all about. She had like nine hair colors in one month, I think. But anyway, <laughs> here's the next thing. Never quit. Never quit. Can you say that with me? Never quit. Never quit. You've got to let that be a part of your life. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I might get beat up, but I'm not going to quit. Not gonna quit. Joshua chapter 14, verses six and seven. Caleb said, you know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Bardia. I was 40 years old. You see, he's given us a history lesson back when they were going in to spy out the land, okay? To spy out the land, and I brought back a word to him, and it was in my heart. You know how you win battles? You outlast your enemies. That's really what you do. You just outlast them. You know the reason why some of the, the far leftist agenda is working? Because they just stay with the same narrative. They keep pounding, 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 and they think, you'll quit. I want you to know you can't quit. You're not called to quit. You're not a quitter. Don't quit. Amen? Be ready all the time for the next problem. What's coming down the road? When I mention China and what they're doing with the Internet, trust me, that's coming here. But you know what? I love that they've been serving this community for over 20 years with this, with this website. And, uh, and they said this. They said, the only thing that changes is that you can't log on to the website. Nothing else changes. You know what that means? The underground movement of communication has stayed exactly the same. Do not become over-dependent on the things that are in control of the leftist policy. Don't become dependent on it. You know, I mean, we, we, grow, we just grew to love how many people like your stuff. You know, if you only got three likes, why'd that guy get 400 likes? Because they like him better. I mean, it's just a bottom line. They, they got a better post than you. You're just not a good person at social media. 
Why not just be honest? But let me ask you something. How much do they pay you for every like you get? You don't get paid. In fact, you go ahead and you do ads on there, and guess what? You're paying rent for something you never own. Why? Because I feel better about it. I'm even going to get a selfie and put it on my site so people see what I look like. In the last days, men will be lovers of self rather than lovers of God. They even created a selfie stick so you could get a little further away if you didn't look that good. <laughs> my selfie stick was like nine feet long. I was like, <laughs> Joshua 14, verses 8 and 9. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. You see that? He said, I went with the 10, and you know, all of a sudden I realized what, look what, I wholly followed the Lord. So Moses swore that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord your God. Let me tell you, you know how many people went into the promised land in that original group of for 40 years who wandered? Two. Joshua and Caleb. Everybody else died before they crossed over. He took the younger generation who were following after the Lord, Joshua and Caleb, and he took them into the promised land with a whole new generation. Do you know what happens when you don't follow the Lord with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength? You miss out on the blessings and the promises of God because you're too busy, you're too selfish, you're too stingy, you're too whatever, fill in the spot, instead of just going, you know, I thought when I got saved, I agreed to take up my cross daily and follow him. I thought it meant that I was gonna be a Christ follower, They've hated him, they're gonna hate you too. Do not be shocked if the world hates you. In fact, friendship with the world is enmity with God. That doesn't give you a right to be obnoxious and mean and nasty. It just means that you can't be in love with the world and love God at the same time. You gotta love God, you gotta throw in everything. Everything you got. Remember I was in seventh grade and I went out for wrestling because I needed a heavyweight. They did. They just had an open spot, and I wasn't quite heavy enough. And I remember I put on like three layers of underwear. I filled my pockets with pennies. I everything because you had to go in the school nurse and weigh in. And she said, "Well, you made it by one pound." Now I was about 154 pounds of pure lard. There was no muscle there, right? So uh, I did pretty good in my first match. I won, and and then I uh, went to the next one. We're going to face East Junior High, and. You line up, if you've ever seen these wrestling matches, you line up with your opponent, so he's sitting across from you, and I'm looking, I'm not wrestling that guy, am I? He looked like my dad. Bruce Holhalter had hair coming out, seventh grade, hair coming out the top of his shirt. How does a guy get hair? I still don't have any hair. I look at Bruce, I look at my coach, my coach, I said, that looks like my dad. Why don't you go wrestle this guy? He said, don't worry, just go out there and charge him. All right. I line up, I get eyeball to eyeball with old Bruce Holhalter. I'm taking you down. I don't know what he actually did to me, but he got me down and I was trying to arch so I could, he couldn't pin me. He said, lay down or I'll break your neck. There's no way I could beat that opponent. Didn't have the capacity. 
didn't have the will, didn't have hair on my chest. I mean, I couldn't. What do you do with a guy like this, right? But my coach said to me afterwards, you know what he said? He said, I knew you were going to get crushed out there. But thanks for giving it all you had. Don't ever quit. See, that's the message. You might lose a couple, but don't ever quit. Stick to the fight when your heart is hit. When things go wrong that you mustn't quit. Amen? Look what it says here. Walk by faith. If you're gonna walk, you gotta walk by how? Faith. Look at Joshua chapter 14. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive as he said these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here am I, 85 years of age, yet I am, now this is Caleb, and I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for look, what? Say it again, my strength is for what? War, put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Who's that for, just young people? Everyone, put on the whole armor, all right? Look what he says, both for going out and for coming in. Joshua 14, 12. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. This is Caleb. He's 85. He says, give me this mountain. I want this mountain. You know why he says? Look what it says. This mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day, for you heard that day how the Anakim were there. Those are the giants. He said, I want the mountain with the biggest giants, I want the fiercest enemies. I want to face everyone I can. I want to do battle, and I'm not going to give up, and I'm not going to quit. Look what he says, amen? And the Anakim were there, that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. He said, I'm going on the promises of God. The promises aren't going to quit. I want, the, I want the toughest obstacle. I don't want the easiest one. I want the toughest situation I can find myself in. You see, because he was walking by faith. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse six, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. You don't please God because you go to church and get baptized. and do. You please God because you walk by faith because faith drives you to church. Faith drives you to service. Faith drives you in everything you do. He says, it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is, look at this word, what does it say? Or re, say it with me, a what? Rewarded. You know God is a rewarder, God? You ever, have you ever wondered why some people get favor and some people don't? It's a mystery, right? Favor isn't fair, but I do know this, that when I walk faithfully with God, God is a rewarder, God. He gets to choose how and why and when and all those kind of stuff, but he is a rewarder of God, but only for those who what? Look what it says, diligently seek him. Do we have that Hebrews eleven twelve up or not? 11, 6? Okay, so he must believe that he is, that he is a reward of those who diligently seek him. So what does faith do? Faith pleases God. It just pleases him. You exercise faith. God, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I'm exercising faith. That pleases me. I like that. And faith is rewarded. In every situation, faith will be rewarded. You know, every time I've pushed out into faith, it's been rewarded. Every time I pulled back in unbelief, it hasn't been. You think there's a coincidence in that? No, there's a divine pattern for that. We don't walk by sight. We walk by what? Faith.
faith. Because faith pleases God. Faith moves into the realm. So any realm that you want to move into, you've got to room in the realm of faith. Okay, so two things that need to happen. Number one, if you're in this room today, if you're watching online, you're outside in our outside uh, group, let me ask you this. Do you know without a shadow of a doubt in your heart that you know the Lord Jesus Christ? I mean, you just say, if I was standing before God and he said, why should I let you into my kingdom, you'd have the answer. Or do you say, I'm not sure. We want you to move from a not sure faith into a sure faith, amen? So the Bible says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, here's the promise, you will be saved. For with the mouth is confession made, with the heart is belief, okay? So you confirm it, you confirm the heart with the mouth. So that's why we confess, we agree with God. You died, you buried, you rose from the dead. I wanna, I wanna pray right now, pray with you on that one. Just If you just wanna uh, bow your heads and just pray with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, just pray this out loud. I'm gonna pray a prayer of salvation. Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you died on the cross, that you were buried, that you rose from the dead to give me eternal life. Come into my heart, save me right now, Lord Jesus. If that was your prayer, you said it with faith, God saved you, God came into your heart. You're ready to begin this journey of walking with him. If that was your prayer, just slip your hand up and just say, I'm gonna, if the Bible says, if you confess me before man, I will confess you before my Father which is in heaven. Amen, God bless you, God bless you, amen, God bless you. All right, now, those of you who are Christians, you need the prayer of courage, amen? So I want you to stand. I want you to repeat after me. This is your prayer. You don't have to close your eyes. You can look straight ahead, all right? This is for everyone in the room. But if you know the Lord, it's especially for you. Dear Lord Jesus, make me a courageous person. Let me face the battles with your strength, your power, and your authority. It's not by might, but it's by your spirit, says the Lord. Baptize me now with power and authority and wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.